This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c I have coined what I call my rooted in routine non-negotiables. And so those are the five areas of the day that I encourage parents to create mini routines around. And so what happens is if you do this, you will kind of naturally fall into a more general routine and general flow for the whole day. Hello, and welcome back to the Pete's Dog Talk podcast a podcast that keeps growing because of each and every one of you and your reviews. So thank you for tuning in and being here today. Today, I'm welcoming childhood routine expert, pediatric occupational therapist, mom, and founder of Rooted in Routine on Instagram. And we are talking all about the power of routines in children. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So I'm so excited that we could do this, Jessica. This is going to be a great conversation. I also share a love of routine and the understanding that sometimes having a flexible routine is important, but I like to explain to families why this is so important for children and toddlers. Um, So tell me more about yourself and what you do. Sure. So um, I'm Jessica. I am a pediatric occupational therapist. That's my clinical background. Um, And I'm also a wife, a mom to a toddler. He is currently 20 months old and most recently the founder of Rooted in Routine, which is my online education platform for parents. So yeah, I do all of that. I currently still do work two days a week as a clinical pediatric OT. And then the rest of my time is spent working on this online business to help more of you guys. So what made you start Rooted in Routine? Yeah, so... I've been in pediatrics and as an OT for my whole career. Um, I'm going on 10 years now as an OT. And I've worked in multiple pediatric settings. And really what I saw in all of the settings I've worked in, which is elementary schools, daycares, um, early intervention, private clinical practice, um, and most recently home health pediatrics. What I really saw after you know working in pediatrics for a few years was how powerful a child's routine is at home and at school or wherever they go that can really affect their health, their wellness, their development, um, and their overall ability to thrive. Um, And I became super passionate about teaching the basics. I feel like sometimes those are glossed over and we, we kind of like overcomplicate it for parents. And so I decided to just really start it as an Instagram page. Um, to educate parents virtually about how routines, how routines can look at each age from babies all the way up to kids and why they're so important. 
And like I said earlier, I completely resonate <laughs> with this because I also do see the benefits of routine for so many things for our children, their behavior, um, especially mm-hmm. um, not only in the infancy ages, but also when they approach the toddler years and beyond. So can I explain more about why you think they're so important and how they can benefit not only the child, but also the family. Mm-hmm. Totally. I love this topic. I like geek out on it. Um, <laughs> and and I've read through a lot of research on this too. So like a lot of these things, most of these things, there is solid research behind, um, which is great. So the first thing I do want to say, and this is kind of a, a little bit of a side note, but a routine is very different than a schedule. So the way we define a routine, I think that's important because parents often confuse it with following a strict schedule. So when we say routine, what we really mean is following the same set of steps in the Mm -hmm. same order, whether that be for a certain tiny area of your day, like, you know, just bedtime, or we think, you know, a general kind of broad routine that we follow for the entire day. So both are important. But what is great about routines is that they are flexible. They are not strictly dictated by the time on the clock. They're really more dictated by the steps that you do and, you know, what you do, what you don't do and how you do those steps. That's what really creates the benefits for your child. So I don't want parents to get stuck up on like, you know, following a strict schedule and stressing out about with nap times 10 minutes off because right. trust me, I've, I've been there. Yep, me too. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, but yeah, I wanted to mention that before um, we dive into the benefits. So in terms of the benefits of routine, really the biggest one is that they create predictability in both you and your child's day. And so when your child's able to have a sense of knowing what's coming next, that predictability, it actually lowers their like stress response and their anxiety response to their day, which then in turn we see can decrease things like challenging behaviors or tantrums. Um, It can improve just overall mood and ability to get through the day without breaking down. It also improves sleep. It improves overall health when our, you know, our general ability to self-regulate and combat stress is low. And then for the parent, like this is both personal and professional I've seen. It really leads to like what I like to call empowered parenting. So we feel more confident in how we're structuring our child's day that we're doing the right thing for their developmental age and stage. And also there's just like less decision fatigue when things become routine, right? Like we're not constantly thinking like, yeah, what am I serving lunch? How am I going to serve lunch today? Like, what does that look like? So that's why I love them for us too. Of course. And I, I love what you mentioned first about the flow being more important than the time. I mean, yes, we would like some resemblance of like not putting your kid to bed at 1130 every night, but mm-hmm. it's, it's okay if there's that flexibility. And that's what I mean by flexibility and routine in that there's going to be times where you're stuck in traffic. There's going to be times where you're going to meet a friend for something. And it's okay if that routine time-wise gets thrown off, but you're just going to have that flow. I love that point. And then like you said, so beautifully in that it helps lower stress response, um, improve sleep quality. I agree with that. And then what people forget to realize is that it really can impact eating habits too, right? Like we talk mm-hmm. about picky eating so much in the toddler years. And one of the biggest things I talk about first is like, when I've kind of figured out that it's not something mechanical and the child just is refusing because of behavior, I'm like, what is your schedule? And they're like, huh, what do you mean schedule? I'm like, tell me what time Mm -hmm. you're giving a snack, what time you're giving lunch. They're like, oh, we don't really have a schedule. I'm like, let's back up and try to get a resemblance of an expectation. 
you know, I think parents forget like um, how important routine is even for us. Like, you know, we wake up every day and we usually do the same similar thing in the morning. We get in our car and it really is beneficial. Obviously routine can be broken, but toddler brains and infant brains, they like it. They thrive on it, right? You would agree. Yes, 100%. They really do like it. And I love what you said about the eating. I I am trained in feeding as a feeding therapist. That is always the first line of defense. And yeah, their brain literally craves it. It actually causes their brain like from a nervous system perspective to feel safe. And that feeling of safety in infancy is so important. And that's why when people are like, well, I hear a lot of negative feedback about a resemblance of a routine, right? People are like, mm-hmm. come on, just go with the flow. And you can be go with the flow. And when what you're following with Jessica saying in that you are just resem- you know, there's a routine in terms of what's happening after what, after what, um, because it does offer that security and it actually has developmental benefits. So if anyone's poo-pooing and saying, you know <laughs> what, why are you doing a routine? It doesn't matter. Just have them listen to this episode because again, we're going to get into so much about that. That really does benefit, like she said the entire family. So you mentioned, you know, this is something that we can do in infancy. How early are we talking here in your perspective? Yeah. So of course, in the newborn stage, your day is not going to look as structured as let's say a two-year-old's day, right? Obviously. And that's normal. But I do believe that there are things you can do from day one of your baby's life to kind of like set the stage for moving towards the direction of having a routine. And the biggest thing is setting their circadian rhythm, which is their ability to know the difference between day and night and to Mm -hmm. have their body be cycled in that 24 hour clock. Because when your baby is inside of you and in the womb, they're in 24 hour darkness. Um, And circadian rhythms are really triggered by light exposure. So my biggest tip literally day one is that you can expose your baby to morning sunlight Mm-hmm. whether that's be stepping outside on your in your backyard or just standing by a window and then keeping it really dark at nighttime. And yes, your baby will be up eating during the night. But the point is, is just using that tiny little tip. And that really does set up the beginning stages for like daytime is daytime and nighttime is nighttime. There's other little tips and tricks I teach for the newborn stage, but really it's not about like putting your baby on a feeding schedule, which I think kind of going back to what you were saying of people who like, are, you know, kind of against the rigidity. A lot of times that's the thing that I hear is like feed on demand versus, you know, feeding on a schedule. And we don't have to get into that. But my point is that feeding on a schedule is not what I mean by having a routine in the newborn days. Right. It doesn't have to be. And I, I love right. it. Like, I, I love it because this is exactly what I feel. And so maybe, you know, it's nice. When, it's nice when <laughs> it can resonate. Um, but no, I mean, and again, what Jessica's saying is not like a pressure thing. When people hear routine, mm-hmm. I think they think it's going to be so rigid, but it's just going to naturally evolve. Um, and yes, the circadian rhythm is such an important thing. And part of that is like the bath time routine. I love bath time mm-hmm. routine because again, it's something that's so important when they're older kids too. And who doesn't love a nice warm bath before they go to bed? I mean, it just, it's so relaxing. Um, but these are all things that can be implemented early on. So what would you say are like your go-to important routines that if you could say like, these are the ones I really want my families to do on a, you know, whether it's an infancy or toddler years, what are your favorite ones that you like to talk about? 
Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Yeah, so I have coined what I call my rooted in routine non-negotiables. And so those are the five areas of the day that I encourage parents to create mini routines around. And so what happens is if you do this, you will kind of naturally fall into a more general routine and general flow for the whole day. So The five ones that I like to teach about are sleep routines. So that would be bedtime routine. And then if your child still naps, a nap time routine, kind of lump those together. And then meal times and eating, which is what you kind of mentioned. We kind of mentioned that already. So having a routine around not only what time of day you're serving your child food when they start to eat, but what actually that looks like. So like a little mini routine Mm -hmm. before, during, and after. And then outdoor time routines and playtime routines. When I say those, I don't mean like fancy activity setups. If you do follow me on Instagram, you know I am very much not an activity mom. Um, But just having those times kind of fit in throughout the day. So those four things, if you have routines around sleep times, eating times, and then outdoor time and play time, those seem so basic, right? But like that's really what makes up your child and your baby's day. And I believe that that can really be like a strong foundation for the whole day. I love that. And what you're saying is part of our daily life, right? And again, this is supposed to be adding ease to your life, right? Of course, you're going to sleep, you're going to eat. That's part of our life. And then mm-hmm. outdoor time. Oh, I, the benefits of outdoor time. I understand weather is not always ideal wherever you're listening to this, but if you are able 
to get outdoor. Because even what Jessica said earlier about exposing your baby to light, you know, for circadian rhythms, light exposure, even for adults and children is so valuable because it helps with our sleep, you know, and moving our body. I love the outdoor one. And then who doesn't love to play? These are great non-negotiables. Yeah, I am obsessed with learning about the benefits of sunlight. I've like gone down like a deep dive just personally. <laughs> but yeah, it's literally, there are so many benefits to it for any person. So adults too. And it's like the anecdote to a lot of the kind of modern day troubles we see, I believe. And it's free, generally. Yes, yes. And exactly. You don't have to go to anything like extravagant, just going for Mm -hmm. a walk or going to the park or, you know, wherever. And like you said, it's like I did another podcast with something about visual impact of screens. And I was like, you know, from an evolutionary perspective, we spent most of our time outdoors. So our eyes are not used to being looking at screens all the time, you know? So it's very important from that standpoint, but also just for the routine. And I, you know, I sleep better when I get outdoors. I actually, my mood is elevated when I'm outdoors, you know, nature is like the most mindful place that you can be, you know? So in Florida, we only have the beach and we don't have much of like a nature walks or anything like that, but I love getting out. And I think that's again, so important. And I think, you know, you're talking about the newborn stuff, like getting that in early, like if taking your baby for a walk um, can help you postpartum, you know, if you're obviously delivered a baby, I think so many moms sometimes feel they have to be stuck indoors. I'm like, no, no, no get yourself outside. That's okay. (laughs) Totally. And you can combine them. So all of these things will look different at each age and stage, right? So like Mm -hmm. these five non-negotiables will look very different in the newborn stage than they will when your child's three or four. In the newborn stage, right, you can go for a walk that's getting outside and your baby can nap, which is great. And just in terms of mental health postpartum, which is another favorite topic of mine, you're getting the benefits for yourself too. So it's like, you know, you're combining all of these benefits. Then as your child's older, maybe outdoor time obviously won't align with nap time. It's going to be a separate time of day. So it changes. So I would love to take one of those non-negotiables and maybe give an example of how you can implement that in the early ages, like maybe an infancy, newborn, and then also how you would implement in toddler, whichever of the five that you like. Yeah. Okay. So bedtime. In the very, very early stages, bedtime itself is typically a little bit later. If we're talking simply about the time on the clock, it typically is a little bit later in the night. So between like, you know, eight to nine or even Mm -hmm. 10 or 11 p.m. And in terms of a bedtime routine, it's super, super simple in the early days. You don't have to do anything fancy. So a really simple bedtime routine would literally be like maybe a wipe down if your baby's you know, a little bit dirty, but which they won't be because they're newborn. Um, And then change their diaper, PJs and swaddle them, feed them, and then they go to sleep. That's it. As your baby gets a little bit older, what happens is in terms of sleep, sleep and the sleep schedules, sleep needs, it changes a bit. And as your baby gets closer to, let's say, four or five months, six months, bedtime will shift a little bit earlier into the night. So it should be around 7, 8 p.m. And the bedtime routine may include a few more steps. So this is when I do encourage there to be a little bit more of structure into that bedtime routine because it cues your baby to expect sleep to come next. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the great benefits of it. So that may include at this age, if they're eating, then it may include a bath because they'll get really messy. So it'd be bath, then the same simple steps like change their diaper. Maybe you're doing a massage with lotion. I love that. Then maybe your PJs, a sleep sack. I should have said bottle should have come first <laughs> or bottle or breastfeed. Uh, that should actually have come first because at this age, we'd like to do something more like a song and a cuddle uh, before we lay them down for sleep. So 
you can see it again, the order and the steps can look different from family to family. It's really about what works for your family and then having some sort of consistency around that from day to day. And in the toddler years, you know, I mm-hmm. agree with like in the toddler years, it really can help them when they're refusing sleep. Uh-huh. Like I think, you know, obviously in the infancy period, you may not see it as much because you're like, oh, I'm just doing the routine and they'll go to bed or maybe they won't. But like I have a, you know, at the time of this recording, I have a 29 month old. And when he is refusing sleep, one of the biggest things that we are so consistent about is the routine. And totally. again, it's not, sometimes the time will be off, like we've talked about, but it's like, Hey, we're going to have a milk because sometimes he wants his milk before bed. Fine. And then we're going to do a bath and then mommy or daddy are going to read you two books. You're going to, you know, pl- read the two books and then we're or brushing teeth gets in there too. Hygiene obviously is included. And then you are going to go to bed. And sometimes that means he doesn't want to go to bed. Sometimes he will, but it's the consistency that children will get with the repetition, which I think that you know, I really hope parents realize when they listen to this is that that routine offers repetition and repetition is consistency. And that's what makes them actually make changes in a, you know, if they're regressing in a routine or something like routine helps everything. Like I can't stress Mm -hmm. it enough. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And you're so right. The toddler years, it's so normal to have a little bit of what I call pushback, right? Like, yes, their personality, they're allowed to not want to do something that's that's normal. But yes, the routine, having a consistent routine really helps because if they're asking for something or they want to change something, you can kind of blame the routine instead of having to give them some sort of roundabout answer as to why you can't or can do something. That's really (laughs) perfect in the toddler years. I love it. And so in your opinion, like these are great. When would you say that we can break the routine? Because I know you have these non-negotiables, but maybe even using your real life examples so people understand that we're not some, you know, that we're not yeah. always perfect with everything. Like, when would you say, hey, let's just break the routine. Routines are great, but you got to give yourself, if you want some breaks here, um, when would you say that would happen? Totally. And this is very, very, very allowed. Like, I don't want people yes. to think that this isn't yes. allowed. I like to say, like, follow the 80-20 rule, which is like, you know, 80% mm-hmm. of the time yeah. you're trying to stick to it your best you can. And 20% of the time, it's totally fine to change it. My general rule of thumb is like when you're home and it's a normal, like I put that in air quotes, day, stick to your routines. But if anything is different, so let's say you're traveling, that's a big one. You're not at home, like you're traveling somewhere else. Um, or your child's sick, those are two big ones where it's totally okay to change it up. Like, for example, when we're traveling and we have travel days with my son, we are doing snacks all day long. And that's just to keep him happy, right? Like, and that's fine. But then when we get to our destination, ideally, or when we eventually get back home, we don't have snacks all day long anymore. Right. Same when they're sick. If they're sick, you're usually the eating, you know, changes. They have less of an appetite or they want more comfort foods. If they're a little younger, they want more bottle or they want to, you know, just differences. And that's fine. So really, those are times when it's totally fine. And I would argue that having a routine for like the typical days actually does allow you more flexibility to go off of it because, you know, you can then just come right back to it. Yes. Oh, that is the power of the routine, which is what this episode is, is that when you create that sort of expectation and you create that sort of, okay, this is what's happening. And there's a regression because of travel or a regression because of time zone changes or illness, it's going to be easier to get back into that routine. Not that it's going to be like a snap and it's going to happen, but I completely agree with you. And I've seen it. I've seen that happen. 
And what you said about like travel, like going back to your getting outside tip, like even if you're traveling across time zones, the routine of your non-negotiable of getting outdoors in the sun can really help with the circadian rhythm in a new time zone. Um, So just, you know, really utilizing those things that, you know, Jessica has mentioned is so helpful in so many different situations that you may find yourselves in as families. I love it. Have you heard about the terrible twos or three-nagers? Yes, the toddler years can be tough. There is no denying that any phase of parenting can be really hard. There may be picky eating, tantrums, and struggles with potty training. But there is a lot of amazing things that you will see your toddler do during these years. I want you to enter the toddler years understanding toddler development and behavior so you can better approach tricky situations with your child. With resources on picky eating, potty training, tantrums, and other common toddler behavior like sleep refusal and toddler development, the toddler resources here at Peds Doc Talk aim to provide you with the knowledge you need to, dare I say, find some or a lot of enjoyment in the toddler years. For more on my on-demand courses, make sure to visit pedsdoctalk.com and check out resources for whatever you need. Have a friend? It also makes a perfect gift. Visit pedsdoctalk.com and click courses for more. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wannabe Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Yeah. And I also, I think another example that's super easy to kind of like understand is let's say bedtime, for example, if you are traveling and you're staying at a family's house or you're staying in a hotel or whatever, you can kind of like replicate your bedtime routine as best you can there, even if you arrive late or the time zones different. Like we just flew across country to the East Coast. So that was a time change from Colorado. And we arrived late. It was 11 p.m. East Coast time. And that's 9 p.m. here. But we still kind of replicated a mini routine. We did the same number of books. We did the same sleep sack. We did the same song. And my son really understood it's bedtime, even though we're in a new place. So it's like so simple, but it, it really does help. Yeah. And again, you said it perfectly that that's exactly how we've managed all this traveling. Um, not that we've done so much in this pandemic, but we've traveled right. a fair bit across time zones to California from Florida or, um, you know, that's kind of the furthest we've gone. But yes, and it creates, again, that expectation for that child. And, you know, I want to be clear that it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. Like remember, <laughs> routines don't mean that everything's going to be hunky dory, that your child's going to eat everything and sleep perfectly and da da da. That's not any expectation that I'm sure Jessica has as well, but it absolutely does help facilitate the ability to get into some sort of routine, you know, obviously some sort of ability to, you know, avoid the picky eating and get that kid back to being, you know, a sleeper and stuff like that. But it is, it is at the core for sure. Routines are always where I go first. Like you said, right. when you're uh, managing eating issues, it's the core of anything I discuss for sleep, for feeding and for behavior, like tantrums, right? Like if a kid is not having an expectation of a routine, they're more likely to have meltdowns and they're more likely to be grazers. And it really, really has this whole 
mind, body, spirit benefit for sure. <laughs> yes, totally. And I agree. The goal is not perfection, nor is that possible in parenting. I am the first to say that. Yes. But yeah, it's definitely just like the basic first line of defense for any issues that I always encourage parents to kind of go to this first before trying anything else like drastic. I agree. Oh, this is so wonderful. I mean, again, I I hope people really understand the benefit of the routine and how to make it more enjoyable. You know, with your people that you help on your platform and your services, what would you say is like one barrier when parents do come work with you or talk to you? Like when they're like, do they just not know where to start? Are they just concerned that it's not going to work for their kid? What would you say is the biggest barrier for them starting a routine in the first place? Yeah, Hmm, I'm trying to think of this. So I do get a lot of questions about this. I think one of the barriers is kind of just like people get overwhelmed by thinking that it's a lot more difficult than I think it really is. Right. And that mixed with where to start, like, Some parents actually feel like my whole life is chaos. We're not doing any of this. And when I actually end up talking to them, they're actually doing more routines than they think. So it's a lot of it is like they're actually realizing, oh, wait, I actually am already doing a little bit of this. And so where can I just like add maybe a little bit more? Um, One question I get a lot, and I'm sure you do too, is parents who have more than one child, that can be difficult of like, okay, but how do I manage the different routines for each of their ages? That's hard, especially if it's a single parent or they're parenting solo, if they have a partner, but they're not home. That's definitely tricky. I get asked about that a lot and it changes well, that, too. Yeah. And that's actually, that would be a great topic for another episode. We can have to do a second, yeah. a second part to this about routines. I mean, I'm solo with one child many days because my husband works evenings a lot. Um, so, mm-hmm. and then we have a dog, not that a dog is as hard as a kid, but it's like, you know, getting the dog walked and getting the dog fed and then he wants to go out and then I have to get Ryan down and, you know, he, there's always some sort of excitement happening in the totally. evenings, but that's absolutely a great place. I, this is so wonderful. Um, you know, I like to do this at the end of every episode before, you know, you share where people can find you. Um, we've already talked about, you know, your non-negotiables and where you kind of, um, say that, Hey, this, let's be a little more lenient on routines going along that. What would you say is your biggest overall parenting high and parenting low? Like things that you've said as so far as a parent that you're like, I, I'm really proud of myself for doing this. And then something that you're like, I'm not so, you know, proud of this, but I learned so much from it. (laughs) Yeah, these are such good questions. Um, I actually like I try to reflect on this a lot because parenting is, I will say it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Becoming a mom for me was not easy. It was like a huge identity shift, something that I'm looking back. So my son at the time of this recording is 20 months old. So he's, he'll be two in August. Um, One of my like, I almost like cry when I think about it. But one of the biggest like things I'm proud of is honestly, like, surviving the early postpartum days in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. You were the same. Like it is insane how this generation of us with young kids, what we are doing, like we're still doing it. I feel like it's unprecedented. I don't know. Maybe not. There's always been times in history, but that is like what I'm proud of is just like, we're doing it, you know, like we're surviving it to get a little bit more like specific. I think, looking at my son the way he is now. Another thing I'm very proud of myself for continuing to be consistent about is I think we have a really strong relationship, positive relationship with food. That was like one of my goals was to really establish like a happy, joyful meal time experience for him. So bringing the fun into that, I still try to do every day. And then let's see the low. Okay. (laughs) 
a lot of things. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I but, love asking this question because I love, again, sharing the ups and downs and the highs and lows is so important because we know that, you know, whenever I have professional guests on, um, we know that we know the things in our area of expertise, but we're also human. We're also learning. And through the learning is when we get, make the biggest breakthroughs. So I love this next mm-hmm. one because I just think people will learn from our lows that we share, you know? Totally. I mean, I have yeah. so many. I'm I'm like the most <laughs> imperfect parent ever. I love it. Again, I, I do share like really raw, honest truths about motherhood on my Instagram. I'm totally vulnerable a lot of the time there. But, you know, there's so many things like I feel like I'm not I said this before, but like I'm not an activity mom. Like my son is like never doing anything that's like remotely resembles like a craft or like an activity. And it's funny because as an OT, a lot of OTs I know are super crafty, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not me. So he's literally like constantly just like wandering around the house. Like he's usually messy. He's oftentimes not even wearing clothing. Like (laughs) (laughs) it seems a little chaotic. I love Um, that. And like, yeah, I'm trying to think what else, like even just today I shared a picture of us in the car and one of my followers told me, oh, your car seat's not set up properly. Like, or it's not fitted. So like, I'm still learning all these basic little things that like, you're not expected to be perfect or to know and all of it. I don't know. Those are two for now. I could probably keep going. I love it. (laughs) Oh, I love this part of my podcast. I love all the educational stuff, but I love like learning from my guests about that stuff because it's so true and Mm -hmm. it's good to be imperfect. I mean, that whole concept of perfection, I already don't love, but like, that's how you learn, right? That's how we get better. And that's how we say, yeah, I have so much to learn and I'm really excited about it. It's not anything like an ego issue. It's like, no, I have so much to learn about the world and my role as a mom and my identity as a mom and all the other identities I have. So I love those answers. I appreciate you answering that, um, you know, off the cuff here. Um, so where can everyone find you? I know your Instagram is rooted in routine, but if you want to say, you know, your Instagram and what resources you have again for our listeners today. Sure. So I'm very active on Instagram. Again, my account is at rooted in routine. You can find me there. I share lots of education tips, strategies for routines. I also share a lot of personal stuff, um, which I love doing. And then my website rootedinroutine.com, has more information on me and some of my products and services. So Right now, I have digital routine guides for purchase. So this is like an ebook. So for each stage of your baby and your toddler's life, I have a guide that you can kind of like purchase and just really read through about an overview snapshot of what routines should look like at each age. Um, and then another topic, we didn't talk about this today, but one of my favorite topics is helping parents with potty training, potty learning. So I do have a potty training course, a virtual online course that teaches my method for that as well. And I will be attaching all of this to the show notes so that everyone has it. And Jessica, again, thank you for joining me today. This was such a pleasure. I hope to have you on again. I'm sure we will come on to talk about how to manage with more than one sibling because that's a great question um, and obviously opens up um, different things to consider. But thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. I feel like we could have talked forever. (laughs) Yes. And thank you for everyone for listening today. Remember to write a review if you found this helpful. Give a shout out to Jessica on Instagram. Tag her, tag me. And we will talk to you next week for another episode. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at PedsDocTalk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, PedsDocTalkTV. We'll talk to you soon.
If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.